Hallelujah, Lord. What an awesome God we serve. Give thanks to the Lord, our God and King. His love endures forever. For He is good, He is above all things. His love endures forever. Sing praise, sing praise. With a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. His love endures forever. For the life that's been reborn, His love endures forever. Sing praise, sing praise, sing praise, sing praise. Forever God is faithful. setting sun His love endures forever by the grace of God we will carry on His love endures forever sing Never, forever, 
faithful. Amen. I know there's some in here going through the fire, some listening on the air, some listening around the world on the internet. You're going through the fire. But if you'll just hang in there. Amen. You're going to make it through. Unharmed. Amen. Well, you may be seated. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. What an awesome time of praise and worship. Glory to God. But now by fire, I mean in trials. I'm not talking about the sanctuary. Woo, it's hot in here, isn't it? My, my, my. Whoa. Praise God anyways. Amen. Amen. Today I want to talk about one of the most important topics you will ever hear regarding your life as a Christian, as a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a topic that will determine if you will live a life of blessing, if you're going to live a life of favor with the Lord. It will determine if you're going to live a life of bitterness or a life of joy. See, many believers have given place to the enemy in their lives because of not doing this one thing. This is so crucial of a message here. Today, I want to talk about the topic of love. I want to talk about love this morning. And specifically, I want to share with you five keys on how to maintain your love walk as a Christian. If you have your Bibles, open them up to 1 Corinthians 13. You can't talk about the topic of love without delving into 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13, verses 1 through 8, define what love is. How, do you, how are you going to walk in love if you don't know what it is, right? We, got to know, we, we need to know some things from the Word of God. That's what the Word is for. The Word of God is here to give us knowledge of the Lord's will. The Word of God is here to eradicate our ignorance. Amen? All right, 1 Corinthians 1, uh, 13, 1 through 8. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith... So that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. That staggers me. You can even do good works and still not do it in love. Verse 4. Love suffers long. Here it gets into the definition now. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy, love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity or sin, but rejoices in the truth, but it bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails, but whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. 
Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. Now turn with me over to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. I feel like I'm preaching in the Arizona desert this morning. Woo, man, it's hot up here. Hallelujah. That's okay, I like Arizona. It's a beautiful state. (laughs) Romans 12, 9 through 21 says, Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation. Boy, you might want to underline that one. Uh, We all need to hear that sometimes. Patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality, Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. Have have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, I like that, if it is possible, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. If it's possible. Some people, it's just not possible, you know. Those mother-in-laws. Oh, my mom's going to hear that one. I'm sorry, mom. I love you. 19. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Isn't that beautiful? I mean, that just lays it right out on the line. I mean, it's like step by step how we as Christians are supposed to live our life. You know, as I was in prayer one day and thinking about the topic of love, thinking about the body of Christ as a whole, the Holy Spirit in, in my mind, I've seen a picture of, of a crippled person. Now, this person had, had a disease such as like MS or something like that. It, you know, it, it, the brain of that person sends the signal or message to, that part, to a part of the body to move. But it doesn't move because there's a short in the system, right? Isn't that right? And someone who has a disease like that? Those parts of the body, they either don't move at all, or they move erratically apart from the brain, apart from central command. Just follow me now. In a spiritual sense, the Holy Spirit was showing me that's what the body of Christ, the church of Jesus Christ, looks like when we refuse to carry out the will of God by walking in love toward each other. Think about that. I thought that was pretty neat. The Holy Spirit loves to give pictures of things. He loves to to associate spiritual things with things in the natural. He he wants to relate it to us so we can grab hold of what he's trying to speak to us. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 refers to the church as the body of Christ. So every person who has made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of their life, they're part. We are part of the body of Christ. And Colossians 1.18 in the New Testament refers to the Lord Jesus Christ as the head, the head of the church. 
You see, God has sent the message through his son, Jesus Christ, to the church. His living word. Jesus is the living word. And he sent the message of love and our instructions through his written word, the Bible. And he's continuing to send the message to the body of Christ through the prompting of the Holy Spirit on this earth. See, the Holy Spirit is, is there. He, he's always prompting us, hey, do this for this individual. Uh, go and, and, and talk to this individual. Make this right with this individual. The Holy Spirit is always looking out for our best interest, isn't he? I love that about God. But many times the body doesn't respond, and that's why the Holy Spirit was showing me that when the Holy Spirit's trying to send the message and show us what to do, how to live, it's, all, it's like a crippled person. The message is being sent from the head, from the Lord Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit, but the body needs to respond. Amen? Go to John chapter 14. I want to show you something here. John chapter 14. Now, you've got to remember this. A lot of time pastors take some heat because they say, man, they preach some hard messages up there. But let me tell you this. A pastor is not exempt from his own sermons. Amen. A pastor is preaching to himself too, amen? amen? Pastors are human, just in case you didn't know that. <laughs> John 14, 20, uh, verse 26. The words are in red. That means Jesus is doing the speaking here. He said, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Oh, thank God for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's constantly trying to send the message to us to walk in love. He's always trying to teach us how to, how to stay in the, love, in the path of love. He's always trying to bring to our remembrance of what Jesus taught when he walked this earth. You know, many, many Christians neglect people in nursing homes, hospitals, and other places, and, and other places where people are lost and in bondage and they're feeling hopeless. I, you know, I don't know if many of you know this, but I have a nursing home ministry, visit people in the hospital. I'll tell you right now that it is very rewarding to touch people's lives. Who You can just see that they're just bummed. They're discouraged. They're sitting in a place all day and, and no one comes. Not even, sometimes not even their family members. Not even their children come. And when you come and, and you just sit there and you just start talking, you smile to them, you give them a hug. Oh my goodness. It is so rewarding walking in love. People who don't walk in love are cheating themselves out of the joy of the Christian life. Because you're not going to even enter into the joy of the Christian life unless you're walking in love toward others. Amen? You know, and I notice many conversations among believers are shallow. We should feel comfortable in the church to, to go up to a brother and sister in the Lord and say, look, I have this problem in my life and I need to talk to someone. I need, I need to talk to someone and I need you to pray for me. I need you to be an accountability partner. How many of you think that that would be a good idea? But many times it doesn't happen like that, so people kind of seclude themselves and they're cutting themselves out from the very thing that could set them free. Fellowship with others, allowing others to come into their circle. Uh, a lot of people have an inner circle and they don't let anybody in because they've been hurt in the past. They've been hurt. But I'll tell you right now, you're going to continue to live a miserable life if you never let anyone into that inner circle. Yeah. 
Amen? Let's just face it. We need to be vulnerable toward each other. And what's the other option? If we're not going to be vulnerable toward each other, we're going to put a wall up and we're going to be hard-hearted. Does that make sense to you? And, and that's when, 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 when just all hell breaks loose in our life, to put it bluntly. We need each other. Say, say I, need you. I need you. Say, you need me. We need each other because we're a family. And it doesn't matter if you go to this church. Are you hearing me? If, if there's a Christian, they're a brother and a sister in the Lord. Plain and simple. And we need each other. Iron sharpens iron, the Bible says. Hallelujah. So we need to let people into our inner circle. We need to let them know, hey, we're having a rough week. We need prayer. We need someone to stand with us. Amen? Just uh, so, so keep that in mind. If that's a problem in your life, we just need to break down those walls. The Holy Spirit is able. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Now, I, one time, when I was attending a certain church uh, uh, years ago, I volunteered as a greeter. And would you know that when I was, and this was a good-sized church and, and very well-known, and I was a greeter, and would you know that when I, there would be times when I'd be at the door and I'd extend my hand to shake someone's hand and they just keep their nose right up in the air and they just walk on by. Now, should that be in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ? Absolutely not. Uh, it, it won't. Uh, it shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be that way. See, see, I, I joke around this way. I say, you know, I can get that treatment from, from an unbeliever. I know I can get a treatment like that from an unbeliever. I'll tell you that right now. But when it hits home and Christians are treating Christians that way, it ought not to be that way. Amen? That is definitely not the will of God. Now, uh, so that's not what God intends for his church. 2 Corinthians 5.20 calls Christians ambassadors for Christ. As ambassadors, as representatives for Christ, as his body on this earth, we must carry out the will of God by allowing his love to dominate every area of our lives. And not just on Sunday mornings, but every day. Oh, we serve a 24-7 God, don't we? Hallelujah. So I want to I wanna just jump right into this, and I want to share with you five keys that will help you and I in that process of maintaining our love walk on this earth. Number one, we must know that we as Christians are commanded to love. Now, I know what some are thinking, you're saying, duh, but let me tell you this right now. Some people who maybe are new Christians, I mean, they just don't know these things. We need the basics. When we stop thinking that we, we've arrived and we, we're not learning anymore, we're in trouble. Amen? We are not going to arrive until we see Jesus face to face, the Bible says. That means until, while you have breath in your lungs, while I have breath in my lungs, we, we got to constantly be changing. Right? Amen. Amen? So let's go to John 15, uh, 12. John 15, 12. The words are in red again. This is Jesus. It's just one verse. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Now, it would be interesting if he just stopped and he said I, that you love one another. But it's that second part of that verse which 
trips a lot of us up. It says, as I have loved you, as Jesus has loved humanity, we need to walk in that kind of love. Now go to Ephesians. Ephesians 5. For you visitors, uh, you know, I, I, I go through a lot of scriptures when I preach. I hope you don't mind. After all, we are a Christian church, right? And the Bible is our standard for living, right? I could give up, get up here and give you my opinion, but I want to show you guys from the Word of God. Amen? Ephesians 5, 1 through 2. It says, Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. How do we do that? Verse 2. And walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. I like that. Every time I read that, be imitators of God. We're supposed to imitate God. We're supposed to imitate our Heavenly Father. We're supposed to imitate the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you hearing me? How? By walking in love. By walking in love. And here's the deal. You say, why are you telling us that, you know, we need to know that we're commanded to love? Because here, here's the catch right here. If it is a command from God, we are able to obey that command. Because God's not going to ask you and I to do something that we're not able to do. And I said it before, the beautiful thing is, it's not all on our shoulders because how many of you know, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to this earth to live inside Christians, to help us live a victorious life. I'll tell you right now, if you're going to try to love your enemy, you need the Holy Spirit to help you do that. How many of you found that out before? Good, good, good. I'm not preaching to the choir today. Well, we don't have one anyways, but anyways. <laughs> but listen, God would be unjust to give us a command that we would not be able to obey. And we know that our God is not unjust. Amen? If you think he's unjust, you don't know the God of the Bible. After you and I got born again, Romans 5.5 5 says that the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. When you got saved, when you made Jesus Lord of your life, the Holy Spirit took up residence in your spirit, man. And it says the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. The problem is now, come on now, we have to reflect that love to, to others. It's in there if you're a Christian, but now we got to reflect it to others. Is that good? Hallelujah. And I'll tell you, this is a supernatural love. An unbeliever doesn't have the capability to love that way. Let me tell you this right now. Love is not just some generic thing. If your definition of love comes from the world, throw it out the window right now. Are you hearing me? I mean, sure, an unbeliever, someone who hasn't made Jesus Lord of their life, sure they have a natural love toward their children, toward their family, uh, they love others with strings attached to it. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. How many of you know that's, the world, that's a worldly kind of love? The Bible doesn't give us that kind of instruction as Christians. But I'm talking about, it's the Greek word called agape. There's galope, uh, galope, oh, not galope. Agape and then phileo, uh, phileos, I believe it is. One is brotherly love and the other is the God kind of love. It's an unconditional kind of love. The other one is, hey, come on, turn around, I'll scratch your back here. Now you scratch mine. That's it. It's, it there, there's a condition. It's a, just a brotherly thing. But the agape love, it's the God kind of love. A love that can love enemies. A love that can love those that have hurt you. You can love those that have falsely accused you. 
It's a 100% unselfish kind of love. It's not based on someone else's actions. You love them anyways. That's the love that Jesus has commanded us as Christians to walk in on this earth. Let me show you something else about walking in love. Go back to Ephesians 5. I want to show you something pretty interesting here to tie in that. It, it just it jumped out to me when I was studying for this. I was, I was originally just going to read uh, verses 1 through 2, and the Holy Spirit said, no, you've got to go a little bit further to stay in the context of what I'm trying to say. How many of you know the context of a scripture is very important? Ephesians 5. 1 through 7. It says, therefore, let me read it again. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smell and aroma. Okay, we read that before, but look. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be named among you as fitting for saints. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know that no fornicator, unclean person, or covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not be partakers with them. And this is what the Holy Spirit showed me. The walk of love for the Christian means that you're committing to live a life of holiness. Why is that now? Why is it so important? Is it legalism? Oh, is, is he going overboard with the legalism stuff? No, because here's the deal. When you cross the line of, of not walking in love, you're crossing the line of sin. Now think about even down to the minutest thing, husbands, if you have a thought from the enemy comes into your mind about another woman, a lustful thought, and you take hold of that, you're walking out of love from your wife. Because the Bible says you can commit adultery in your heart. Does this make sense to you? The thing is, when you step out in, in, into sin, you're out of love with mankind. Is, is that clicking this morning? All right. See, love is not just a fluffy, seeker-sensitive message because you're still expected to live a holy life because that holy life is going to keep you in, in, in love, walking in love toward your fellow man. All right. That went over like a lead balloon. Uh, <laughs> all right, now, next one. How, how else? How do we maintain our love walk? We must renew our mind with the Word of God. You've got to. As a Christian, if you're going to walk in love, we need to renew our mind with the Word of God. Romans 12, go there. Romans 12, 1 through 2. Romans 12, 1 and 2. All right, we must renew our minds with the Word of God. It says this. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, and do not be conformed or pressed into the mold to this world, but be transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. In other words, if you don't renew your mind, you're not going to know what the will of God is. Why? Because the world has its own system of beliefs. The world has its own definition of love. How many of you know that definition is not 
what the word's definition is on love. And that's why we need to, to, when you're, I've mentioned it before, when you're renewing your mind, what you're doing is you're, uh, the word's coming in and, and picking apart the cobwebs of junk that the world has been putting into your mind all your life. And now you're starting to see things the way God sees them. You're starting to view people the way God views them. Are you hearing me? See, all worldly mindsets such as selfishness and pride, it must be stripped away. We must replace those worldly mindsets with God's thinking. Someone once said this, and I, I latched on to this, and you need to also. The Bible is a book filled with God's thoughts. Well, well, what do you mean, Pastor James? That's kind of a weird statement, isn't it? No, no. If you go and write a book, what are you doing? You're putting your thoughts on paper, aren't you? Same with the Word of God. If you want to know what God thinks about a topic, read the Bible. It's filled with God's thoughts. Amen? So we need to renew and fill our mind with God's thoughts from the Bible because it's so opposite from the world's point of view. See, we are a spirit being. First and foremost, we're a spirit being. We possess a soul, mind, will, and emotions, and we live in a physical body. And when you got saved, your spirit man got born again, not your soul or your body. How many of you know if you were bald before you said the sinner's prayer, you're bald after you said the sinner's prayer? Your body didn't get born again, right? Same with your mind. Someone can get born again. They're saved. They're on their way to heaven, but they still got some mindsets that are all, that's worldly. That's against the word. Well, that's why the Bible instructs us that we need to do something with our mind. And that's renewing your mind with the word of God. So when you're renewing your mind with the word, you're lining up your mind, your thoughts, with your born-again spirit. And it's then when you'll be able to walk in love the way that God intends for his people. Next, how else? what's another key to maintaining your love walk on this earth? This is a big one right here. We must value every person as much as God values them. Uh, if, if people would get a hold of this, boy, this world would be so much different. Amen? John 3, 16, go there. Oh, very popular scripture, but it's filled with a powerful truth. John 3, 16. says this, For God so loved the world that he gave... He so loved that he gave. He so loved that he gave. That just sticks in my mind every time I read that. He, he so loved that he gave. He gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Here's what you got to understand. We were, as humans, and we are the targets of God's divine love. We're targets. Do you know that? You're a target. You have a bullseye on you. Whether you're a Christian in here or you're not a believer, you're a target of God's divine love. You need to know that today. And we need to value people as much as God values them. Go to Luke 5. This is, this is, uh, this just jumped out to me here. Luke 5, 12 through 13 illustrates that fact. How valuable we are to God. We need to catch hold of this. 
If we're going to make, as the church of Jesus Christ, if we're going to make a move and advance the kingdom on this earth, we need to value people. And, and that's why abortion doesn't fit into that equation. Are you hearing me? It doesn't fit in. We need to value people. We need to value life. Because God gave that life. Luke 5 12 through 13 says, And it happened when he, Jesus, was in a certain city, that behold, a man who was full of leprosy saw Jesus. And he fell on his face and implored him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean or heal me, he's saying. Then he, Jesus, put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately, say immediately, immediately, the leprosy left him. Jesus even valued the lowest in society, those who had leprosy. Do you know people back when Jesus walked this earth, they were the lowest in society. They were shunned from people. People said, don't go by them. They're filthy, they're dirty. Don't go by them. They were the lowest in society. These people who had leprosy were never to be touched. They were never touched. They would, they would sit on the street corner. Think about this. And people would, would just laugh at them and they, they would run away. Can you imagine the emotions that they felt? The people, come on, they were human. Every human being needs that feeling of acceptance. Every human being has that desire to be loved. Amen. But people shun these lepers. Does your heart go out to them today? But listen to this. And one day, a leper, someone who is shunned, had an encounter with divine love. Divine love came along. Jesus came along. And he stretched forth his hand. Something that was never done. These people stayed lonely and they died lonely. They never sensed the love of God through people, through God's people. They were just, they were just shunned. But they had an encounter with divine love. Jesus come along. And emotionally speaking, there are lepers on this earth today that need a touch of God's divine love. And I'll tell you right now, God's not going to come off his throne. Jesus is not going to come off of his throne sitting at the right hand of God the Father and come down to this earth and touch them. God is counting on us, his body, to reach out. Amen. To reach out, come on, and touch someone with God's divine love. In other words, if you and I don't do it, if the body of Christ doesn't do it, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. So we as ambassadors or representatives for Jesus Christ need to reach out to them with God's love and with the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's, come on, how many of you know it's not just enough if you see a poor person to go and give them food. How many of you know you need to give them spiritual food also? Give them both. What, what's it good? You go feed them and you walk away you, and you don't share the gospel with them. Yeah, their stomachs got filled, but you know what? They're an unbeliever and they go to hell for eternity. What good is it? We need to give them both, the natural and the spiritual. Amen? And what they do with the spiritual is up to them. We all have a free will. Amen? 
Next, we must put ourselves in a position to see the needs of others and be moved with compassion. Multiple times in Scripture, it says that Jesus was moved with compassion to reach out to those in need. I like that. He was moved. The compassion that he had for people literally guided his footsteps toward those in need. Go to Mark chapter 6. I'm getting close to wrapping this up this morning. Mark 6, 34. I'm telling you, if you don't know Jesus, you can get to know him. Amen? Through the word of God. Hallelujah. Mark 6, 34. And Jesus, when he came out, saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion for them. Because they were like sheep having a, uh, not having a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. So, you know, there's other scriptures that talks about he was moved with compassion to heal. He was moved with compassion to feed the 5,000. He was moved with compassion, it says in here, to teach. Amen? How many of you know we need, that? We need to be moved with, com with compassion in all three of them areas? Not just for natural food, but let's give them some spiritual food. Amen? Let's give them the word of God also. We need both. We need all things working. We need, we need to walk in love in all areas. Amen? But how many times have we turned our eyes away from seeing hurting humanity? Such as maybe uh, uh, on TV, you turn on the Christian channel and that Feed the Children is on. Or Life Today with James Robinson. You know what I'm talking about? How they show kids over in Sudan and in Africa who are starving to death. And moms are there just weeping over their children. How many times have we just turned the channel? Because we didn't want to go there emotionally. Because we didn't want to go there emotionally. And, you know, we, we turn it because... We, we feel like, oh, man, it just, just the welling up of, of compassion and, and, and sadness, feeling the pain of those people. It, it, right before the tear hits, boom, you change the channel. No, we need to put ourselves in a position to see hurting humanity. Are you hearing me? It's okay to cry. Guys, it's okay to cry. It's okay to be emotional. You see, that's a, that's a worldly thing again. Guys don't cry. No, Jesus wept. Amen. Jesus was moved with compassion. He cried. How many of you know Jesus was a real man? Amen. How many of you want to be like Jesus today? A real man is okay to let the, his emotions go. It's all right. All the wives said... <laughs> I know. All right. I won brownie points with the wives there. But. but listen, Jesus cried because he had compassion for suffering, those suffering in life. We must allow our heart to be softened so we too will be moved with compassion to make a difference in this fallen world. We need to. We need to. And my last point, I want to close on this one here. I could bring up more, but I just had to narrow it down here. We must realize that when we treat others bad and with disrespect, we are coming against God himself. 
Now, I think this is one that a lot of times we forget as, as Christians. I mean, you know, let's face it. I mean, it's easy to fall into the flesh, isn't it? But we got to understand when we treat others badly, when we treat others with disrespect, we're literally coming against God himself. How many of you know Saul, who later became in his conversion the Apostle Paul? Uh, he had an experience on the road to Damascus that illustrates this point clearly. Go to Acts 9. Acts chapter 9. And I'll tell you, this would be easy to miss. It's easy for it to go over your head if you just read this fast or casually. Acts chapter 9, 4 and 5 says this. Then he, Paul, or Saul at the time, then he, Saul, fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. Now this is how well, you, you, you could miss that if you just read that casually. You got to understand, Saul was against believers. He was coming against Christians. He was persecuting Christians. And on a ro the road to Damascus, Jesus knocked him off of his high horse. He knocked him off of his high horse. And Jesus said to Saul, 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 why are you persecuting me? Now, why didn't he say, Saul, why are you persecuting my people? No, he chose to say, you're persecuting me. Why? Because Jesus is the head and we are the body. You come against a Christian, you come against that person with disrespect and, and just walking out of love, you're coming against the body of Christ, which is still, come on, part of Jesus. Part of Jesus. So we got to understand that uh, gossiping, backbiting, holding bitterness and unforgiveness toward, toward anybody, for that matter, I mean, anybody. We're coming against Jesus. And my last scripture I want to show you here is Proverbs 14. And I'm done. I'm out of here. I'm going to Virginia. <laughs> Proverbs. No, I'm not leaving until Tuesday anyways. Proverbs uh, 14. Verse 31. Proverbs 14, 31 says this. He who oppresses the poor reproaches his maker. But he who honors him has mercy on the needy. That is interesting. If you're oppressing the poor, it says you're coming against God himself. You're coming against the maker of that person. But it's interesting, the second part says, it says, he who honors him. I want you to notice in my Bible, the him is capitalized. He, you could say it this way, he who honors God has mercy on the needy. This is what we need to understand as Christians, all of us. Our relationship with the Lord as a Christian is in direct proportion to the way we treat others around us. And that includes our spouses and children. Amen? If you and I, if we will keep this in mind, we will think twice about gossiping and backbiting someone. 
We'll think twice about the hurtful words that we want to speak out maybe toward a family member. And I'll tell you, it's not worth sacrificing your relationship with the Lord. Did I say you're not going to go to heaven? No, I'm not saying that. But I'll tell you what, you're, you're definitely going to cut off your line of communication to your, in the intimacy level with your heavenly Father. Amen? So the keys that I shared with you today on how to maintain your love walk as a Christian is to know that you're commanded to love. We must renew our minds with the Word of God. We must value every person as God does. We must put ourselves in a position to see the needs of others and be moved with compassion. And lastly, we must realize that when we treat others bad and with disrespect, we are coming against God himself. If we will put these points into action, we will be well on our way to allowing the love of God to dominate every area of our lives. Can you agree with that this morning? Let's stand in this place. Hallelujah. God, forgive us for when we have not walked in love. First of all, not walked in love toward you, Heavenly Father. Not walked in love toward our fellow man. Father, we just ask for your forgiveness. If that's you, just, just in your own personal way, right now, just talk to the Lord and say, Father, forgive me for not walking in love. And let him know that you want to start walking in love right now. If, if there's an area, you know, let's just put it under the blood of Jesus right now. If you have something toward a family member, you need to go to them. You need to, you need to talk to them. You need to confront them. You need, let's just get it out in the open. Let's not hold on to things that are going to breed bitterness and unforgiveness. Amen? Now, maybe there's someone in here. You said, boy, that was, that was great. But you know what? I'm not in the family of God. I have never made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of my life. If that's you this morning and you want to make Jesus Lord of your life, you want to know that you know you're going, you're going to live in heaven for eternity when you leave this earth. I want you just to come forward this morning over here on the side. And I just want to have the privilege of praying with you of making Jesus the Lord of your life. Don't be embarrassed this morning. We're talking your eternal, your eternal salvation here. Number two, maybe you, 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 you're a Christian, but you know what? You haven't. You, you realize that you've fallen out of the love walk. You've fallen to the wayside. You haven't been living your life right. You know it. The Holy Spirit's been there tapping you on the shoulder saying, come on, let's just tweak this area. If today you want to rededicate your life to the Lord, because frankly, you don't know if you'd be going to heaven. You don't know if you, if you took your last breath right now. You don't know if you'd go to heaven. That's not a good position to be in. How many of you can agree with that? If you want to rededicate your life to the Lord today, I want you to come forward. And I just want to have the privilege of praying with you and just making a brand new start, a new beginning. Amen? Next, maybe you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Jesus said in Acts 1-8, but you shall receive power after, say after, the Holy Spirit has come upon you. See, when you got born again, the Holy Spirit come to live on the inside of your spirit, man. But then the second experience is the baptism in the Holy Spirit where he comes upon, he fills you with power to be a witness for Jesus, Acts 1-8 never received the Holy Spirit baptism, I want you to come forward. I want to have the privilege of praying with you to receive Him. Maybe you're in this place and you have a disease in your body. You have a sickness. You have a virus. You have an infection. You just need someone to pray with you. 
for a healing in your body. If that's you, I want you to come forward this morning. Maybe you just need prayer for something that's a problem in your life. Maybe you're one. I was talking about you're going through the fire, and it's not comfortable, and you need someone just to pray with you. If that's you, I want you to come forward. The rest of you, just in your own way, speak to the Lord. Talk to Him. Open that line of communication with Him and settle it in your heart. You know what? Today, I'm going to start walking in love. You know, maybe it just takes writing a card out to a person you haven't talked to in a while, someone who, who maybe offended you in the past. You know what? Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a mom. Maybe it's a dad. You know, it would make Jesus really happy for you just to pick up that phone and dial that number and say, you know what? Let's make this right. You know, it would make Jesus really happy if you just buy a card at the store and you say, you know, I love you. Forgive me for the past, for what has happened. Maybe that's what it takes. Just reach out. Be the arms. Be the hands. Be the feet of Jesus on this earth. Amen. Worship the Lord as the music plays. Someone who wants to rededicate their life to the Lord. Someone who needs the healing in their body today. Just come God forward. Of mercy, God of love, how we marvel at your majesty.
Hallelujah. Oh, reconciliation. I just see today is a day of reconciliation. Amen. Reach out to those who have hurt you today. song play while she gives us she feels something on her heart to speak so let we give liberty in the church someone who wants to speak something the spirit of the lord would say i have not rejected you I have not rejected you, but I have called you out and I've chosen you. And I've asked that you would walk in my love and I've asked that you would receive that which I've given to you and not walk away from the plan that I have for your life. I have not rejected you, but will you embrace me and hold me? Will you take your word, my word, and hold it in your heart and not turn to the left or right? Will you do what I ask you to do and not walk away from my love? For those of you who don't know, that was the gift of tongues and interpretation and operation. Did someone else have anything to say? I see someone standing over here. Bill, speak what's on your heart and then we'll... What one's this? Yeah, let's read that. We'll just verse 14. About the love of Christ. Ephesians 3. Listen to this. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, good word, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the the breadth, the length, and the depth, and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus through all ages, world without end. Amen. Wonderful scripture to end the, end the service on. God is good, amen? What do you got? Yeah. Uh, who is it? Brooke and Elizabeth, come on up. We want to pray over them because they're going leaving for camp today. That's, I'm glad you reminded me. And let's just pray over them that they'll have a good time, be ministered to in, at Christian camp. Spring Hill, if you ever heard of Spring Hill. They're going to camp for a week. So the church is sending them out, amen? Father, right now, I just pray that a hedge of protection would be put around them, God. I pray that your Holy Spirit would minister to them in a mighty way this week, Lord. That you would draw them closer to you and your son, Jesus Christ, than ever before, Father God. And that you would use them 
Lord God, to stretch forth their hands and reach out to others with the love of God. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, everyone. God is good. Well, I am, like I said, we're heading out Tuesday, uh, Tuesday morning out of Grand Rapids. We'll be back Friday, but we're still having Wednesday night, John Bevere series. Come on back. If not, we'll see you on Sunday. Visitors, thank you for coming. God bless you. <laughs>